Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hello, and welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Margaret Gardner, your host for today's discussion with nonprofit and charity lawyer Jess Birkin on how the overhead myth and poverty mindset are hurting nonprofits. Welcome, Jess. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Jess, let me tell you a little, a little about Jess. She has worked with nonprofits for the past 12 years and is the owner of Birkin Law Office, where she empowers nonprofits to achieve their mission by doing things right. And in addition to being an attorney, she has a master's degree in nonprofit management and is the host of the podcast, Charity Therapy. Once again, thanks for being with us uh, today, Jess. We're so happy to have you. Oh, it's so great to be here. I appreciate it. Well, let's jump right in. You have talked about nonprofits operating under a poverty mindset. Can you explain what that is and what some of the common symptoms are? Yeah, sure. So the poverty mindset for nonprofits, when I talk about this, I think the symptoms are, you know, you can see they don't have stuff or the stuff they have doesn't really work well. Maybe their processes are broken or like they've been doing it the same way since 1998. A lot of times they're, these are organizations that don't have nice things. You know, you walk into their office and everybody's got the most janky office chair that was left out on the curb. They just kind of don't have any stuff at all. Sometimes they'll just be missing entire systems that maybe they should have at their at their size or their scope. They're fundamentally always scared of spending money. And they'll often like the, a big symptom of this mindset is that they react to new ideas with immediate budget concerns. Like they'll say, oh, we can't do that because that's expensive. And you try brainstorming with them and then maybe they just shut it down. They don't ask, hmm, what would that look like? Or how could we do that? They don't even want to think about whether it would be good for the organization because it sounds expensive. So they just shut it down. That's the biggest thing that I see. Another thing is something I see is that they'll make a lot of excuses for why they haven't changed it or sort of get defensive, right? Like, well, we haven't we haven't really gone to full accounting software because, you know, that would just be so hard for our treasurer or something like that. And do you see do you see a lot of nonprofits suffering under the the poverty mindset? Absolutely. I mean, I work with, you know, really small nonprofits, and so I think it's more endemic in the smaller nonprofits, but I've certainly worked with some multi-million dollar organizations who who grew but still carried that mindset with them, right? And that's where you can kind of see like everybody's got the garage sale office or they're doing it, you know, on paper because they always have for the last 20 years and they're just unwilling to spend on the software that it would take to change it or things like that. So it sounds like this sort of feeds into or is fed by the overhead myth. Can you talk about that? Yes, the dreaded overhead myth. So for folks that might not know, the overhead myth is what leads to this poverty mindset. And this poverty mindset gets created when our external donors believe, or we think they believe, that nonprofits should keep overhead expenses below like a certain percentage of their total expense. So you see this play out in reality when you notice nonprofits putting up a pie chart that only shows a teeny tiny slice of their expenses go to overhead or administration. And they lead with copywriting like 
92 cents of every dollar goes directly to our programs. And I mean, just to be quite candid, this is just a bunch of baloney. There's this great TED Talk that I love by Dan Pallotta in which, you know, he sort of calls out this whole belief system and like, where did this come from in the nonprofit sector and how it's all sort of tied back to our history in America with the Puritans who believed like sacrifice was godly and they sort of started our modern American charitable sector and how it became like doing without was somehow good. And then we translated that to that means you can't spend on the stuff that you need. And that is what leads to this poverty mindset because nonprofits are terrified of making donors mad. And they think that they have to tell you how many cents of the dollar donated goes direct to program services. So the, the two situations clearly hinders the important work of a nonprofit. How does it hurt? And, and then what can nonprofits do to get beyond this and, and really start to thrive? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, you just... You can't run a nonprofit organization without the back office. If let's just say you have a soup kitchen, somebody has to order the soup. They have to inventory the soup. They have to do the human resources for the staff who cook the soup. They have to deal with the insurance company who, you know, we buy premiums from in case somebody slips and falls on some spilled soup on the floor or gets food poisoning from us. They have to deal with the food licensing and the government regulations involved in serving the public the soup. They have to report back to their funders about the grants that they get to help feed people the soup. All of that is admin, and it's not direct program. But you literally can't do the program without that stuff. And you know, oh, hey, don't you think we should raise money to feed more people? Well, that's not direct program services either. So there's more of your pie chart gone, right? The more sense of every dollar not going to program. Oh my gosh. And the overhead myth just leads right into that poverty mindset. So when you live your whole life worrying about the 92 cents of each dollar dropping, God forbid, it should drop to 91 cents of each dollar, even temporarily. Of course, you become hyper focused on keeping your costs down. So this like double whammy just stops nonprofits from being all they can be. And instead, they sort of like muck around and waste time and effort and rely on half solutions or volunteer solutions, which can be great. Don't get me wrong. But like, okay, here I can give you an example from my own lived experience. So I have two kids and one of them is in this club and the club is a nonprofit. And they it's very obvious to me as a new parent and having a lot of nonprofit experience that they need help and they need help so bad, but they haven't really been engaging the parents of the kids or other community members as volunteers. So they have like these four or five hardcore volunteers just like burning themselves out and they're unable to like get more help because they're just too busy trying to keep the day to day going. So I offered, hey. I could build us a website. We need a website to manage the volunteers, preserve some institutional knowledge, not have this be reinventing the wheel every year. And what did they say? Well, they said, well, that'll be too expensive. I was like, okay, well, we need more donations so we can, you know, afford some of these things. So we could take donations online and that'll pay for the website. And they say, well, we don't want to lose money to the merchant fees for taking online donations. It's better if people just write checks like they always have done. Now, as you can imagine, this is so frustrating for me. <laughs> and it's directly counter to their interests. They need help. They know they need help. 
They need more donations, but they're so fixated on the cost and keeping costs down that they can't see how spending some money on what they need to improve their process and make it easy for people to give will 10x their efforts and lighten their load. And that's like a small example with a really small nonprofit, but you can see how that scales up into bigger organizations, right? Like we've all worked with an organization that should have donor relationship software and just doesn't do it, or they need to upgrade or migrate and they aren't because of costs. And that's a mindset problem. Sometimes it's like literally a dollars problem. But a lot of times it can be a mindset problem. And, you know, I wish I had a way to overcome it. Like I wish I had a magic wand and I could just erase this problem from the sector. I think that would totally help. But I think the best thing that people can do to start overcoming this is, first of all, understand it's a thing. Understand it's a thing that affects your organization. Start being reflective and ask yourself, like, why, you know? Ask more questions about what you want and ask why. Whenever the urge to say no or shut something down comes up, like dig into that more. You know, why not? To pull from manufacturing, there was this, there's this concept floating around out there of like the three to- Toyota whys. And if you just ask why like three times in a row, it will usually get you to the bottom of the the problem. Like why? No, we can't have a website. Why? Well, because it would cost money. Why? Well, because, you know, it would have to, whatever. We dig down into what the solution, what it, the problem is really at the core and figure out that what we're saying is just, you know, this, we just don't want to spend the money because we're scared and we're scared to spend money. And that's a lot of the times, you know, well, because donors will think that it's terrible that we have 91 cents of every dollar not, you know, going to program. So I really just think interrogating ourselves and being more aware and more open is the way that that changes because it's, it's so deeply rooted. I don't have a great solution for the sector other than self-awareness. And sometimes it seems that the asking, even asking the questions is too scary. Yeah. Oh, Lord, yes. Yeah. Especially if you're in a indirect communicator culture, right? Like I'm sitting in Minnesota and nobody wants to come right out and say what they think here. I want to go back to something that you've mentioned twice now. The donor perception. Organizations believe that donors think that they shouldn't be spending money on administrative costs. They shouldn't be spending money on technology. Do you think that that's an an overriding concern of donors? No, I don't think it is. I think we continuously miss, and I'm not like a fundraising consultant, but I think we continuously miss the opportunity to talk about what we need and how what we do makes an impact. Because if we told that story of how what we need to accomplish includes having a rock solid back office, I don't think donors would be offended at that. But when you lead with a pie chart that clearly communicates that admin is bad by highlighting how small it is, we end up training certain donors to expect that we'll keep those costs low. So I think there's like, some people probably do believe that, but how much have we taught them to believe that? Like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it almost seems like it's underestimating donors' 
passion for the causes that they're supporting to not really just lay it out on the line and say, this is where the money goes and this is why it goes there. Yeah, especially with, you know, some of the larger gifts, you know, you can have real meaningful conversations with people about what you need and why you need it and how it's going to impact the organization. And something, you know, you may ask for a big chunk of money for something that's more program related, knowing that that's going to free up 50K of general operating funds for you to buy the relationship management software. You know, there's ways around the problem. But I think if we keep leading with admin is bad, shame on us, or look at how good we are, we don't have any of that evil administrative overhead, uh, we're going to just shoot ourselves in the foot every time. Do you see things changing? I do see things changing. Just anecdotally in the world, I mean, I think that fundraising seems to be changing. I think especially donors under 40 aren't they aren't looking at annual reports and they aren't maybe even looking at the website in the same way that maybe um, previous generations have. You know, how many Facebook birthday fundraisers or GoFundMe pages or text this to donate $10 to X, right? Like the way that people are giving is a lot more, I think, motive in small, don't for small donors, motivated by passion for the idea or the mission and not caring so much. I don't, I can't really speak. You know, I'm a lawyer, not a fundraising consultant. So I can't really speak to major giving, but that's of course more about the relationship, you know? And, and Jesse, actually it kind of looks like we're coming to the end of our time, but I wanted to see, is there anything else that you'd like to share that you think would be helpful? Um, you've given us uh, a lot to think about and a lot of good information. Um, is there anything else that that I've missed that you'd like to share? Well, if folks are really interested in learning more about this concept, there was a great article from Propel Nonprofits. Um, Kurt Klotz wrote it, and they sort of deconstructed the overhead pie chart and reimagined it to show what true program costs are. And I think for anybody who's struggling with this and trying to come up with, well, how do we communicate more effectively with donors because we want to be transparent and accountable, that sort of true program cost pie chart is a much better model for people. And I would encourage you to check that out. You can just Google it. You'll find it. That's great information. We'll make sure to include a link to that uh, when we post the podcast. Um, I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, Jess, we re I really enjoyed the conversation. And I'm sure our listeners have as well. And to those of you who are listening, you can connect with Jess on LinkedIn or on her website at birkenlaw.com. That's B-I-R-K-E-N-L-A-W.com, where you can check out her podcast or download the free ebook, Starting a Nonprofit, Five Things Every Nonprofit Founder Must Know. And once again, I'm Margaret Gardner. Thank you for joining us and see you next time on The Beacon Podcast. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.